Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. We tend to think of gangs involved in the drug trade at war, right? Fighting with each other for territory, fighting with each other for money, causing shootings, killing people, leaving cars to burn in their wake. All of that we have heard about here in Metro Vancouver for years now as a consequence of the gang war. And yet, at a much higher level, there is cooperation among some of these same gangs. That's just one of the surprising finds from a deep investigation done by crime reporter for the Vancouver Sun, Kim Bolin, who joins us now to talk about this. Kim, thanks so much for being here. Thanks very much for having me. First off, tell me about this project that you conducted. Well, I was fortunate enough to get a grant from the Lieutenant Governor. It's a special grant they have for journalists. I hope my colleagues apply for it because it was a great opportunity. And it covered some of the travel that I really wanted to do to look at some of the international links of BC gangs. I mean, we know it, you know, we see people getting killed or arrested overseas, so we know they're there, right? But when you're sitting in Vancouver doing your best to research stories, it's pretty hard to look at you know, the international connection. So that was my goal, uh, especially after we had six tons of methamphetamine seized uh, at the port in Tawasin, uh, uh, you know, earlier last year, right? Like six tons, all destined for Australia. There was a whole bunch more destined for New Zealand. And I'm like, well, who's behind this? Like, this is major, right? And yet all we get is sort of the news release view of, uh, oh, wow, look, we see this isn't this great news, and I would right. want to know more, right? So this gave me the opportunity to find out more. So how did you do that, though? Like, where do you even start? Well, that was hard, and it was a new challenge for me almost 40 years into my job, right? I'm still trying to figure things out some days. Uh, so I, I started just by, you know, researching, finding news articles, everything I could uh, down in Australia about Canadians who had uh, been caught there. I reached out to contacts. You know, fortunately, there was someone with the Australian Federal Police at the news conference that CBSA had uh, in um, in Tawasin last June. So, you know, I reached out to him. I got his business card and just started trying to, you know, get people to agree to talk to me. I also went to the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, which is a new resource for me, and they were fantastic. They have people kind of looking at transnational organized crime all over the world. So I was able to, you know, often check in with their representative in countries that I was visiting. So, you know, it was sometimes a bit scrambly, especially to find out, to find people who were directly impacted, you know, by, by essentially, you know, Canadians shipping drugs uh, into communities and, you know, people using those substances and sometimes having, right. you know, serious troubles with those substances, just like here. What did you find, though, about Vancouver's role? What did you discover about Vancouver's role in this kind of worldwide drug trade? Well, first of all, you know, you always want to look at, oh, well, these three people are guilty. They're behind it. This group is is directly behind it. But in fact, you know, when you look at the bigger picture, you see that it's not just one organization, whether it's the Hells Angels or the Comancheros biker gang in Australia 
or uh, triads or cartels from Mexico. They all work together. They communicate using encrypted devices. Uh, you know, if, if there's going to be two tons, you know, of a drug ship somewhere, it's not one party that's going to be doing it or receiving it. It's going to be essentially like a group of entrepreneurs. Oh, does anyone want in on this? You know, I, I'm going to need this much up front. Right. So they work together to make sure that these major shipments that are so lucrative, like if you look at methamphetamine, which is uh, the main uh, drug causing problems and being used in Australia and New Zealand, and now I found out in some South Pacific countries that are much poorer and really, really struggling with this problem, uh, you know, you know, they here you can buy that methamphetamine if it's made in Mexico for $3,500 a kilogram. Down there, you can sell it for up to $200,000 Australian, which is just a little bit less than Canadian, right? So huge markup. So so many people are willing to take the risk, right? And there's also a problem uh, with, you know, smaller uh, organizations who do what is called shotgunning, and they will just send like kilo by kilo via uh, the mail or air freight, uh, you know, packages of methamphetamine. Even that, if you send 100 packages, that's 100 kilos, right? So both things are problem problems down there, and both things deeply involve Canadian organized crime. And, and reading through the first part, what really struck me was something you just mentioned there, and that is the cooperation at the high levels of, of these gangs that are, are fighting here, you know, on the streets of Metro Vancouver, but at a higher level above these guys, they're actually working together. Yeah, it is really shocking because you see so many young guys getting caught up in this. Well, I'm on this team. I'm going to go get that guy from that team. And they're either being killed, seriously injured, or they're, you know, going to jail for the rest of their lives, you know, for murder, right? And, you know, deservedly, I'm not saying that, but they are often being used and they're being recruited at very young ages. Uh, and they they think that there's loyalty and that they're doing uh, their bidding for higher ups in the organization. When in reality, uh, those higher ups are all chatting away with uh, people from the other organization that they're going after. So, you know, I really would love that message to get out to younger uh, people that are involved. It's just so not worth it. And you're being used. Did you find that like kind of one thread led to another, led to another, that once you kind of got going, asking questions, traveling, it just something else came along? Well, yes, uh, I, to some degree, that is true, right? I mean, I learned so much without a doubt, I, you know, to just sort of look at how these groups operate at the international level you know, it was eye-opening for me. It also, you know, raises all kinds of questions, like how do you tackle that? Like I understand that it's challenging for police in Canada to be, you know, involved in international investigations. There certainly is a lot of cooperation between agencies, uh, including those in Canada with other agencies worldwide, uh, but there are some limits to what Canadians or uh, police are able to do, and I am writing about that later in the series, right? So, you know, it was uh, really, really eye-opening, but I did also go down there with all kinds of, you know, files and background and information that I had, you know, saved, uh, collected, dug out over the years, and that helped a lot too. So I could ask about specific organizations, uh, specific groups that I had researched, and, you know, the story today about uh, someone who grew up in Abbotsford, uh, who is now allegedly the right-hand man of you know, one of the biggest, uh, allegedly still hasn't been convicted, but uh, drug traffickers in the world. So, 
That's um, great. I was just reading that. I was reading through it this morning. I read the other piece since today's day two. Um, and you just think, how, how? How does that happen? Somebody who grew up in Abbotsford to come on the front lines of a worldwide drug war like that. Well, and so that's where, you know, you ask and I, you know, could something have been done earlier? Uh, he has faced charges in so many countries. He always seems to get off. Um, and now he is involved at this at the highest levels. Right. So uh, currently not facing any charges. Important to point that out. Uh, but, you know, I've got intelligence reports. I met with uh, people who have been tracking him in law enforcement. And uh, without a doubt, they say, you know, he's there at the highest levels. Okay, so how many parts to this are there? Because there's a lot of detail in this work, Kim. How long will it go on for? It's a five-part series, and then some of the days. Today, there's no sidebar, but there's often a secondary story. Like yesterday, there was, you know, the the plight of a woman who started an anti-ice group uh, after uh, being uh, a major methamphetamine user and having all kinds of problems related to that. Uh, So... Uh, five days, but I do have some leftover material, so I will no doubt write a few more stories uh, that won't be packaged as part of this, but they'll be in the Vancouver Sun and online. So I'm hoping people will read. Another thing is because uh, we got this support from the Lieutenant Governor's Journalism Fellowship, there is no paywall on any of these stories. So, you know, if people think they won't be able to click and read them, that's not true. You will be able to to do that and going forward as well if you don't have time to read them now because they are pretty lengthy stories. Oh, there's so much good work in there. Kim, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Anytime. That's Kim Boland, crime reporter for the Vancouver Sun. Check out this very special series that she has done on the international drug trade and the links to BC. As she points out, there's no paywall on these stories. You can go to VancouverSun.com and read them all. Today is day two. Lots of detailed reporting in there for the first time ever, really, where you learn about the links between our local communities here, place like Abbotsford, to the highest, highest echelons of the international drug trade. So check that out.